get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games going to be an absolute madhouse on friday night welcome inside game day winnipeg ahead of week 17 in the canadian football league chris walby just four games remain for the winnipeg blue bombers still work to do coming off a loss in their last game against the hamilton tiger cats how are you feeling uh right now coming out of the bye week and how are you feeling about this blue bomber club well, I feel great coming out of the bye week. I enjoy the bye week just as much as everybody else. They get to catch up on some stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, as much as I love being on these little podcasts with UDB and talking, and I saw that I, had to, I was just cleaning my glasses before I came on to make sure I read that comment right, that I had a hair appointment. That was very good of you. That was very astute, yes. Uh, yeah, hair today, gone you tomorrow. You went early today, so. Oh, no, I, that was a good one. That's good. I like that one. No. You got business you got to take care of. Like, just like always, brother, always. I got That's stuff to do. And I, I, it's yeah. funny. I was working on my pool and uh, I, I had, I was filling it up to, you know, basically close it. And I forgot about it. And I had at 9 30 at night. I went, oh, my God. So I had to, now I had to drain it again because it went into my skimmer. So I had to bring the water out again. So anyway, no big deal. That's just one of my lovely stories to, to start the podcast with. Well, I got to say, I'm very impressed with your camera setup today. You're well lit. You look yeah. good. And you're wearing your orange hat for the Truth and Reconciliation game that is this one at uh, IG Field on Friday. Yeah, listen, that's a great thing. I'm really happy. I love the decals. I was trying to get hold of the equipment manager, Brad Foddy, last time. I think they wore this decal once before. The W, and I, yep. And they were gone. Just, I mean, the players, I guess, like them. Everybody's grabbing them. I was trying to get one. I, I just think they're so Pretty cool. Unique. I love the idea. I love the fact what we're doing. I love that Saskatchewan's wearing orange uniforms, I heard. I think they're going to wear orange. They're, both teams are going to wear orange during warm-ups, and then they're going to okay. auction auction okay. all those uniforms off for Waysack. Good for um, that. Good for them. That's a great cause, man. Listen, I'm really happy about that. I didn't know if I, I was wondering, like, how could they get away with playing like Denver? You know, the Orange Crush used to be one of my favorite teams, you know, the right. Denver Broncos. So, hey, listen, it's a, it's a great cause. I'm glad to hear they're going to auction up to hopefully raise a lot of money for, you know, help a lot of people. So, but, yeah, I'm a little wondering about this game because it showed me some things, a little bit of weakness in uh, the game against Hamilton. Uh, their offensive line, which has been taking a lot of heat, and I'm talking about Hamilton, um, they did not get a. They didn't allow a sack. I don't think Dane got touched in that whole game, and it just tells you if you don't get pressure, the back end becomes very vulnerable. And you saw that as Dane Evans had a career day of five touchdown passes. Uh, it was almost like the Bombers were playing safe by having everything in front of them, but they're allowing uh, you know the easy pitching catches. Now I'm not going to say they were all easy because some of the balls that Dane Evans threw in the end zone were beautiful, just beautiful rainbow uh, rainbow passes right into the arms of the receivers. So uh, give credit where credit due. They came prepared. I don't know if the Bombers were overconfident because they had been beating them you know, a bunch of times. But having said that, 
uh, they got to play a whole heck of a lot better uh, against a team that I think you can get overconfident, and that is Saskatchewan because they have got all kind of problems. No, no question they do. A thought on Dane Evans. He goes from that CFL top performer yeah. uh, in the yeah. Week 15 win against Winnipeg, five touchdowns, no interceptions, as you mentioned, to losing in Montreal the next week. So Hamilton not able to take advantage of that momentum and knocking off the top team in the league and in decisive fashion. Uh, he played okay. He threw for nearly 300 yards, but no yep. touchdowns, no interceptions. Montreal uh, just kind of rode off the arm of, of Trevor Harris for the most part as he threw two and, and was a clean sheet. So the East Division still wide open. Of course, Saskatchewan on Friday will be playing for uh, you know the opportunity to either stay in the West or stay alive for that crossover. They need to finish better. They have to finish better. Yeah. yeah, Saskatchewan to crossover. They have to finish better than the third place team in the East. They cannot be tied with them and then have a tiebreaker. They have to finish with a better yeah. record. So it's do or die, essentially, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But they yeah. are banged up. No Frankie Hickson placed on the six-game injured list. I love Keenan LaFrance. Great Winnipegger. Longtime CFLer. Good football player. But even though they're getting... Dan Clark back at center. I don't see Saskatchewan's offensive line being strong enough, Chris, to have, uh, you know, pass protection for Cody Fajardo and to be down to their third string running back to, to have an effective run game against Winnipeg. Well, I'll say this. and I agree with you 100% on the Hickson story. Obviously, Jamal Morrow's still out. Hickson's out now with a fractured wrist, probably gone for the year, they think. Um, you know, Keenan LaFrance. Now, if you remember back in 2016, uh, he was a member of the Ottawa. I don't even know if they were Red Blacks back then. They were, yeah. Uh, they, uh, he had a great uh, Eastern final. Uh, I think almost 200 yards rushing. Uh, I, I watched an interview today with Nick Dembski, who's a good personal friend, close friend of of Keno LaFrance. And just, you know, this is a guy that's getting us opportunity to come back home and get a start. Now, they also brought another guy in, and they thought they might play him. And that was uh, William, uh, Sean Williams, I think it was. But he pulled a groin. He just was there about a week, a little 5'9 running back. So now it's interesting. Look at the depth chart. The backup running back now is Mario Alford. Yeah. The punt return. I mean, yeah, he's got – I bet if I went, I didn't look. I did not go into his bio. But I bet you somewhere in that bio, he must have played running back somewhere in his collegiate career, high school career, somewhere, for them to well, even entertain playing him at that position. If you're if you're a good kick returner, you can run in traffic. You have speed, obviously. You have burst, but you also, I think, have the ability to break tackles and and run in traffic. Run with a lot of guys and potential tacklers around you. Is it different than returning the football? Absolutely, oh, yeah. but it's not you know night and day situation. I think Mario Alford could be a nice change of pace, uh, but with Lafrance and and Alford, I don't know if it's enough of a punch. No. to make the run game a legitimate threat. It might be Cody Fajardo who could lead this game in Russia. Well, he's leading Russia in the team now. I mean, that's yep. the thing. He's, he's got he had 287 yards rushing. He's got seven touchdowns. He's feeling healthy. This guy, poor, he can't win it. He gets more heat. When he plays great, they love when he – I mean, he goes from the penthouse to the outhouse every week, and the fans are just, you know, they got about a million people with broken legs that are jumping on and after the apple cart. Uh, but having said that, I want to say one more thing about – 
uh, Mary, Mary Alford. The fact is, when you're a punt returner, to your point there, Darren, you got a five-yard rule. So he has an ability to see what's coming at him a little bit, where if you're getting a ball right now, there's no such thing as five yards. You get penetration from, you know, Casey Sales or Jake, uh, you know, Jake uh, Thomas. He's not, he, you know, you can get slammed in the backfield. I do agree with you. He's got great speed. I, I really want to look it up and see uh, where he played. And I might have to just take a quick peek one day and see where he is because uh, West Virginia, I bet you he did run the ball a little bit down there, but uh, yeah. Do I, am I worried about it? No, but I, do I want Keenan to play well? I do. Cause I'm a Homer. I love guys that come out of Manitoba. You know, I, I, I want all the Manitobans who play, but I, I, you talked about that old line and I know here we do with the pinball again in my head. They got three new starters now. Dan Clark at center, who's a veteran, and he's the leader of that group. This guy is amazing. Coming back with a broke from a broken leg. This is a guy that a year ago got thrown through a windshield in a car accident and came back from that. Then you got Logan Furlett, who did not play last time, Regina Ram uh, grad. And now you're finally going to see Taryn Vaughn, an old guy that used to play against Willie Jefferson. So it's pretty interesting when you talk about the three guys on the left side. They are all new starters since the last time the Bombers played. Yeah. Uh, Dan Clark, first action in a long, long time. How effective will he be? I think having that veteran uh, uh, element and also just the communication at starting at center, I think will help them. Uh, But I I don't, you know, people are like, oh, okay, Dan Clark's back. Uh, Saskatchewan's offensive line is going to be so much better. I'm not exactly sure of that. Um, I agree. Go ahead, Chris. It takes time to gel, DB. You know it as well as I do. You're not going to come in there and instantaneously. This is the old line they had projected to start the season. This is the first time they played together. We're talking, mm-hmm. as you say, uh, 15th game in or whatever it is right now. Uh, and now, you, you know, you're basically uh, got a, your offensive line that you basically thought was going to be your starter in training camp, finally getting their first game together. And it takes – do they have the continuity? Do they have the chemistry yet? No, absolutely not. But having said that, I think, Dan Clark, to your point, I think you said it already, the chemistry and the leadership he brings, the ability the fact that he's played so many years, the ability of him not only knowing but recognizing any defensive front, being able to tell the guys what they have to block, that's the key right there because your center is the guy that makes the calls, right? A slide protection, double team protect, whatever you got to do, right? Pick up the, you know, the back. Uh, you know, the uh, back has to pick up the blitzing linebacker or the outside, uh, you know, blitz. So, yeah, I think I think it's a plus for him. But do I think they're going to have – I don't know. I, I, I want him to play well, but I just don't know because, I mean, that continuity thing and that chemistry thing is a huge thing for me. Having played O-line, it's always tough to play with a guy in a game when you haven't really played with him, you know, very much maybe just aside from a couple of practices. They're going to be going up against a new look, in a way, defensive front from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as Jackson Jeffcoat and a hip injury will keep him from playing Friday night. Cedric Wilcots will start at defensive end. Uh, Cooper is a young player that they've had there uh, for a couple weeks, but hasn't played a ton of downs. Depth at defensive end for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers behind Willie Jefferson starting to get quite thin. The team signed Keon Adams, uh, who yes. played a handful of games for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this season and last season, a former seventh-round pick in the NFL by the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
um, high pedigree, high athletic player that has really kind of struggled through injury during his time in the NFL. Interesting that Saskatchewan cuts him and Winnipeg brings him in. Uh, when you would bring in guys from other teams, Chris, as an offensive lineman, say you'd bring in a defensive lineman, would you talk to him about what the other team does? Sure you do. I mean, that's it just, this, this, this smells. It smells like that right now. I mean, as a rock, you know, that's a rock. Do you smell what the boys are cooking? I do. I smell it right now because I think what they're going to do is they're going to say, hey, what's the defensive scheme you guys like to run against certain situations? He's going to be able to feed them a bunch of information. Now, it's still hard because, yeah, you can say that they have a tendency to do this. They have a tendency to do that. Um, I mean, obviously, it's interesting that he gets cut and he gets picked up the very next day. It might be the same day. He was cut yesterday. And he's picked up yesterday. Right. So, I mean, was, yeah, one day, 27th and 28th, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, one day apart. So, they wanted something. Uh, but, yeah, I think that uh, he's a guy that has some idea. Of what's, he's been there for a couple of years. He knows what Shivers likes to do on defense. And uh, I'm, I'm sure there's some keys. But, again, keys are only good after the play. I mean, very hard to recognize what they're doing if, and, unless you're you're a guy that's playing safety or you're playing middle linebacker where you're making all those defense calls. He's a lineman. His job basically is to get to the quarterback, you know, fill a gap or get to the quarterback. I don't know how much input he's going to be able to really lay on the Bombers offensively or to Buck Pierce to help him out. Shane Gauthier still starting at weak side linebacker as Malik Clements and Kyrie Wilson still recover from injury. Uh, Clements probably closer than uh, Wilson at this point, but I don't think either of those players are, are going to be a factor in the next couple of weeks as far as uh, coming back. Uh, Adam Bighill has been battling through some shoulder issues. Was he on the injury report this week? I'm just pulling it up here. Um, I don't think he was. He wasn't. So that, that is a positive sign, but uh, pretty much all the players on the Blue Bombers injury report, I'll pull, I'll pull that up right now for people to see. Nobody was limited. It was all DNP, did not participate, did not practice. Uh, Mike Miller, he has been one of these guys that just hasn't really practiced all season. Uh, expect him to play. Drew Latarski will be out. Stanley Bryant will play. When Jeff Gray is moving from left guard to left tackle in practice, that screams to me, this is what we would do in game if we had to, not what yeah, we would yeah. do Absolutely. if you got to make a change going into the week, right? So uh, a positive indication for the Ironman Stanley Bryant, however old he is, seemingly ageless and seemingly um, you know, having all-star season after all-star season, giving him a break at this time of the year, similar to last season, Chris, uh, to just ensure the workload isn't too much for him. That he's playing his best in November. Yeah, and I agree with that. To me, it's a smart move by the team. And I know that their offensive line coach swings them all around and it gets great. Great is a natural tackle. Anyway, he played tackle in the university ball. Uh, he knows how to play that position. He's quick. He's very smart. Uh, he grasps the offense. He knows what he's got to do. He understands the footwork's a totally different thing. Where on the where you're playing a guy right head up on your inside gap. And all of a sudden you're at uh, a tackle where your guy can line up five yards to the outside. It's all about your foot, footwork, getting your hands in the proper – and it's angles. Everything's about angles. So I think that he can do it. Uh, but uh, do I think it's uh, – you know, I think it was really smart of the Bombers to give Stanley – I mean, Stanley went out the last time, uh, the last game against Hamilton for a couple plays. Uh, he got spatted up, which just taped his ankles up. And uh, he came back and finished the game. But, yeah, that's, it's a smart move just in case – 
just in case. And also, you know, if, if they if they run up the score a little bit, maybe they move a you know great left tackle, uh, get them out some opportunity to play. It's interesting that Kolonkowski is still listed as a starter at center. Uh, I would figure that Michael Couture be starting pretty soon. It uh, makes me wonder because Couture has dressed for each of the last two games, yeah. right? So he comes yeah. off the injured list. It's a broken arm, a broken forearm. Um, he will have it casted or has had it casted uh, in the games and, and in yeah. practice and that sort of thing. But this screams precautionary to me. They have them there if they need him. But the last thing they would want is for Michael Couture to refracture or re-break that arm because then essentially his season would be done. He would be out for the next six, eight weeks, and yeah. maybe you get him back for the Grey Cup or, or the West Final. But even that is a question mark. Uh, at that point, but for him to dress, it tells me he's close. They just want to make sure that bone is fully healed. Uh, speculating is a non-expert, of course, but just making sure that that he's as well, close to um, healthy as possible before they put him in. Um, you know, like you're punching, right? You got a broken arm and you're punching. You could well, probably call it down. Right? Got to be up quick, yeah, because you snap with your right hand. You got to have your left hand ready to take on the, the guy in, in incoming defensive tackles. But having said that. They are in a situation with Chris Kolonkowski. He's played well. He's played very well at that center position. So there's no rush. This is another one of those bonuses where you allow a guy to play. He's getting great experience. And at the time when Michael Couture can come back fully healthy, he can come back and play. But I always say that sometimes when that door closes, you know, and some another door opens, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, it's right now it's uh, Kolonkowski's job. Uh, I haven't seen him play bad. I mean, I've watched him. He's blocking well. He's a heck of a run blocker. Uh, he, he, he seems to get better every week. He's playing well with Gray and Newfield, his two guards. So, you know, the Bombers, one of the things they have is they've had such consistency at O-line. Uh, you know, aside from Couture missing, I mean, that, that offensive line has been basically solid all year. Well, and, and it helps that Brady Oliveira has been solid and healthy all year as well, but it's the receiving core that has definitely taken uh, a hit this season. Drew Wolitarski still unable to practice or play, remains on the one-game injured list uh, as far as the receivers are concerned. Colton Agadosi uh, out of a walking boot, according to reports, uh, and but still not practicing. Greg Ellingson on the six-game injured list as well the, the players i think winnipeg is probably missing the most right now is defensive back nick taylor it will once again be as you see here on the depth chart uh yeah, replaced yeah. Uh, jamal parker starting at corner and evan home starting at halfback parker a rookie home was here a little bit last season but effectively a, a, a pretty much a rookie as well um, those are two areas I think Winnipeg um, has been susceptible against opponents this year. Wouldn't you expect Cody Fajardo to continue to target uh, some of those, uh, you know, thinner areas when it comes to who's been playing and who's been backing up? Well, anytime you lose a game, and I shouldn't even say anything, you lose a game. Anytime you've had a success in one form or another against a team, the next game, the offense or defense is always going to scout that team and watch and break down that film and say, what did they find that worked for them? There's no doubt in my mind that Cody Fajardo, uh, Jason Moss, the offense coordinator, have looked at that film and said, what, is Dane, what did Dane Evans do so well? Right. It allowed them to, you know, to, to move the ball as they did and throw the ball and have that success with five touchdowns. And everybody steals plays. 
I mean, there's only a number of plays you can. I mean, you're not reinventing the wheel here. Um, and I think because of the fact that, you know, you don't have, you know, you don't have your normal running backs playing there, uh, you know, Morrow and uh, Hickson, uh, you know, I still think Keenan is a, is a heck of a running back. But one of the things he doesn't get a lot of credit for, he's a heck of a blocker. That's one of the things he has on his uh, on his resume that he blocks very well. And that's what they're going to need against the rushing because I think that there's going to be a little heat on the Bombers' defensive line this time. I, they didn't really get any pressure last week. I was blown away. I mean, they were non-factors. Now, I know one guy is going to play, and he's going to play for some a different reason, and that's Willie. And, I mean, we've got to say congratulations to Willie and Holly uh, uh, Jefferson on their addition of their, their new daughter, Riley Rose. So, you know, he is uh, he's going to be, for lack of a better word, riled up for Riley. And uh, – I expect Willie to come out and play a heck of a game against her or not against her against Cody. <laughs> uh, right. Of course. And and they're going to need Willie Jefferson to be on his a game too, because um, no Jackson, Jeff code and, and a little bit thinner yes. uh, on that defensive line. Um, Samuel Emilius uh, also out of the Saskatchewan rough riders starting offense, still no Duke Williams yeah, either. Yeah, so I watched they, they are without, a lot of their offensive punch. Keen Schaefer Baker, Justin McInnes, Brendan Lenius, um, a very good trio on that strong side of the field. Uh, Shaq Evans and Kieran Moore. There's still a lot of receiving talent in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offense. I think they're going to have to be relying on those guys to be the uh, the go-to guys to move the chains on second down. It's going to be a battle to me. Yeah. between that receiving core and Winnipeg's defensive secondary, you could probably even lump in um, uh, Donald Rutledge Jr. and, and uh, Shane Gauthier, who was most definitely targeted a lot by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. You worried about yeah. that? Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, that you got to go and try and get those matchups, especially if you can't have a running back against a, you know, against an outside linebacker and, and do a, what's called a wheel route, which is down to the sideline and up the field. Uh, some of these guys, if they can't keep up with the, the speed of a running back, well, it does make for a mismatch. And that's what you're trying to get. I'll say this, though, when you're talking about uh, Saskatchewan, they have a, a, a good defense. And the thing is, you know, this is a team, and I went and looked at it. I said, whoa, what's going on here, fellas? And they had, what's the penalty here? 24 penalties for 240 yards versus Winnipeg in two games. 24. The positive note, if you're Craig Dickinson, they only had three penalties for 30 last week when they lost. But having said that, you can't take crucial penalties. Remember the game last time they lost a Duke, uh, Duke Williams uh, sideline? Cost them moving the ball in there for first down. Cost them points. Uh, and they just got, you know, they're going to talk about the flu game or the COVID game or whatever, the food poisoning game, whatever it is. I look at the first game they played in that very close match when it was 20-18 to 18 in Labor Day. Uh, that was the game that I thought Saskatchewan and, and, and Winnipeg would play because uh, they're two good teams uh, that, you know, that basically like to just get at it. So I, I'm anticipating a tough game. I know a lot of people are saying the Bombers are going to put up a lot of points against Saskatchewan, but Saskatchewan's defense isn't that bad. You know, I mean, if they just stay out of the penalty box, uh, they might be okay. <laughs> Well, they, they've got three of the best linebackers in the game in, in yeah. Sankey, Moncrief, and Dean, uh, and then great talent up front as well uh, with A.C. Leonard um, and, and Robinson, uh, Robertson, pardon me, rather. He uh, uh, is has been amongst the CFL sack leaders 
all season long and, and definitely a, a player to contend with. So Stanley Bryant uh, and Jamarcus Hardrick, their work is going to be cut out for them. Uh, on the whole, though, Chris, how concerned should Bombers fans be about the overall health situation? Winnipeg still does have a bye remaining this year that's going to come in, in mid to late October. They got Saskatchewan, Edmonton, and then at BC before that final bye um, leading into their final game of the season. What's your question? Well, how concerned should fans be with, you know, just, a, you know, four games remaining? Um, albeit, you know, still have a bye week in there as well to get healthy. Oh, Bombers, listen, Bombers, I don't want people pushing a panic, but we're 12 and 2. Yeah, you're bound to lose a couple games. And I always say this, I'd rather lose regular season in the playoffs where it's, you know, do or die, you go home if you lose. Pack your bags, get your garbage bags ready. No. I think there was a good lesson for the Bombers. And I listened to Richie Hall, the defense coordinator. He talked a lot about it. He said, you know, he thought we were very complacent. They weren't really into it. You know what I mean? And, and I listened to Brandon Alexander, who I, I think by even his own admission did not have a stellar game back. I mean, it, he, it, he's, you know, he's just still get, trying to get his feet wet him. Um, so I think that the, he was talking about communication. The new guys, right? Holmes, Parker, making sure you're always on the same page. And they weren't. I mean, you looked at that. They beat Winston Rose for a nice touchdown. I mean, we're not picking on anybody individually, but that's one of your leaders in the, you know, on, the, on, the, on the corner there. Um, they just threw the ball extremely well. Now, they're going to – I know they watched the film, and that's a good thing because you get more of a loss sometimes than you do want to win because you can't sugarcoat it. So now they have to get back to the basics. They put equipment on the first day back, which I thought was great. And they went at it. And I like that because you got to remind these guys, hey, the season – you got what? Like you said – you got what, uh, 12 and 2, 14, four games left. And then you're in the playoffs. And you know you're in the playoffs. They win tomorrow, they clinch a playoff game, home game. Or a Calgary loss. Or a Calgary loss. Now, Calgary, and, that, and that would be a home be game. A the West, yeah, I, I clarified this because there's still a lot of confusion out there. A Winnipeg win or a Calgary loss, they're home to Toronto this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg would clinch a home playoff game, not the home playoff game everybody's hoping for being the West final. It would be a home playoff game. So at least the yeah. West semifinal against presumably Calgary or BC. Saskatchewan's still in the mix. If they're able to win Friday uh, and, and effectively win out the rest of their schedule, uh, they would be able to uh, get into third place, maybe even second um, in the CFL West Division. I think they got a, they're, they're looking right now third. I don't think they even look at They've got second. Calgary twice yep. to end the yep. year. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. So we got, we got BC twice to end the year too, so that'll be interesting. And I saw that Nathan Rourke was on the sideline without the walking boot, slowly starting to jog. So, uh, hey, he made On that note, what? Why would you rush him? Why would you well, rush, want him? To rush him? But listen, I actually thought Vernon was going to. I didn't. I was not impressed with Vernon Adams. Sorry. Well, he I had didn't. a good game in Calgary, well, and then he really well. struggled back home against Calgary. Yeah, I didn't think he. Well, they made adjustments. That's a good thing about the Calgary. Calgary's got a good team. Listen, Jake Mayer's good. You know, they talk a lot of garbage about Bo Levi right now, which I don't really care about. They got the best running back. They have a great offensive line. They've only given up nine quarterback sacks. Yeah, they lost a huge piece. With Dennis going down, uh, who might have been my front runner for most outstanding player, and I think he still could be. I think um, he still could be. He was having an outstanding year. I mean, when you have the leading rusher and you have a guy that's uh, you know the least quarterback sacks, and those are the stats you look for the old line. That's that's what you know. So, uh, and then uh, this is a great comment by Vicky. 
they're going to have to get something out of Wilcox, too. He's only got two tackles. Not only hasn't played a ton, but Cedric's going to have to really come to play at that other side, that defensive end now. Uh, I, I expect uh, Cody Fajardo to try and air that ball out. They want to get the run game going. I actually uh, heard that um, Craig Dickinson said one of the things they will utilize LaFrancis to chip block. You know that I think he's going to go and help out either tackle, whatever side that uh, Willie Jefferson is on, and double team. Just chip him. Take him off the press. You know what I mean? Try and help him. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not so worried about if Jack, if Jeff Coat was there, different story. Which side you go to? Either animal or Egypt, right? But yeah. I think that with uh, Jefferson, you know, I would if I was a coordinator too, I'd have him go and chip him, just help out that tackle, and allow yourself to maybe block the interior and get some good time to throw the football. Maybe that's a little bit what Hamilton did. So hey, so for people that don't know what a chip block is, it's essentially throwing your shoulder, throwing your body into a yeah. uh, defender, and then releasing from yeah. them, just getting a piece of them to knock them off their mark, slow them down a little bit. And Chris, what does the chip block from the running back lead to? Leads to the screen game, leads to the bubble screen, leads to uh, oh, yeah. the pass game in the flats and, and um, you know, uh, near the line of scrimmage. So that could be how they utilize Keenan LaFranche or Mario Alford. So when you maybe don't have a traditional run game or confidence in a traditional run game, yeah. you set it up the way the Blue Bombers have had a run game in years past with Andrew Harris. Yeah, they would run it between the tackles, but getting him involved in the pass game that year where he broke the record for most receptions by a running back in CFL history, Paul Apolis used to say, that is our run game. You put the ball in his hands near right. the line of scrimmage, try to find his space. Maybe that's how Saskatchewan attacks Winnipeg today. And then even more importance is going to be on those defensive halfbacks and Donald Rutledge at the dime and Shane Goche at weak side to make sure that they're not missing that player and not running into a pile at the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah, I agree 100%. The pressure is everything. They need to get some pressure. They need to get some things. And you got to play smart football. Uh, I think you just hit some incredibly uh, uh, smart points. Um, that's what I would do. I, I'd be chipping them and then releasing them. Sometimes I'll double team them. Then I'll release, uh, much like a tight end. Uh, a lot of times you'll see the tight end do the same thing. He'll block and release, and then he comes open. So there's a lot of opportunities. And I, I, we don't see a lot of that. I haven't seen a lot of screens this year. Um, by Saskatchewan or by Winnipeg to be that to, for that point. But, I mean, Brady Oliveira is playing extremely well right now. Uh, run the ball effectively. He's got the most carries in the CFL, 161 carries. A nice 4.7-yard average. Uh, getting stronger as the year goes by. Got to give him a shout-out for um, really impressed by the young man. I know it's not football-related, but the fact that he went up north and rec- rescued a bunch of other dogs again. Yeah, that is cool. That Very is so cool. cool, man. I mean, I'm a dog guy, so this is a – this is something near and dear to my heart, what he does. Uh, rather than leave these dogs up there where they could possibly get frozen in the wintertime. So, uh, or not have a good life, put it that way. So, yeah, good for him. Uh, yeah. But I, you know what? I, the Bombers are going to run the ball. You know that that's their game. They got to run the football. But there's uh, a couple other things I think is cool. Nick Dembski, five yards away from 3,000 career. And what I say, every time he plays Saskatchewan, what I say, he's the X Factor. He's always making big plays against Saskatchewan. He really is. And you look at what he's done. He's had 12 in the two games so far. He's had 12 catches for 150 yards and three touchdowns. He's the guy. Uh, he he is. really is the guy, man. I mean, you look at Dalton Schoen, Don, Dalton Schoen, another guy that has good games against Saskatchewan. Six for 98, two touchdowns versus Saskatchewan. Here's a guy that's 12 yards away from 1,000 yards as a rookie. 
putting a stamp on that rookie of the year award. Crazy. Um, might as well get that plaque started to get engraved right now. Oh, I might as well get his passport stamped. He's headed back south. Oh, he'll be gone. I told you that before. I mean, that's why I always tell people, watch the these guys. The curve, right? it. Yeah. Pay the dollar. Go to see him play live because it's a beautiful thing. I tell you one thing, IG Field is so great, and I actually enjoyed it. The last game I was at, it was actually the Banjo Bowl. And uh, what a fantastic game to be there. I mean, it's just the, the atmosphere is electric. The fans are electric. Uh, they've just created a great atmosphere there. And it's, a, it's a, you know, it's just super. I would just like them to bring the price of beer down. A little bit too expensive <laughs> for the big man. <laughs> a little, cost a little bit too much, man. I got well, hey, short you know, arms and deep pockets. That's yeah, that's modern day, right? And and uh, the yeah, case so. across across all economies right now. But um, the reality is, you're right. The energy and electricity and atmosphere at IG Field, and I've yeah. coined the Madhouse on Matheson. They're getting thirty thousand yeah. plus consistently now with this team at double digit wins, twelve and two now on the season. But since they hit double digit wins, the Banjo Bowl, they've been getting thirty thousand plus. Uh, for uh, for for all their home games or close to it. Um, it, it says a lot about the uniqueness that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been able to create with this team and and with. Speaking of dogs, I think I can hear yours. Um, <laughs> Probably a rough rider at the door. Well, he's already he wants to join the loudest fans in the CFL at IG Field, right? It, it's a pretty cool atmosphere yeah. there. Oh uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> hey, relax. Oh, oh boy. My God. Oh, he's See, just I, I called attention to him, and now he wants to say yeah. what's up. Hey, it's funny. Sit down. We're not going anywhere. There's nobody here. He just <laughs> – I apologize for that. He's a you're a good boy. Just relax. It's okay. Anyway, yeah, so it's funny you say that because I have four season tickets to the DB, and uh, I've had years where nobody even phones me for them, and I've, I'm, I'm besieged with calls all the time. Hey, who's using your tickets? Hey, can I use the tickets? Can I get to the game? I haven't had a game. I got a friend who uh, I just gave my tickets to a guy named Brian Clark, who's taking one of his uh, one of his friends who has a son who has a a brain tumor, unfortunately, and his he wants to go to the game. So I said here, so I gave him tickets. I said, you know what, take all four, so you guys can go together and watch a great game. So it's a feel good thing, but it's a good thing, and I love the fact that they're going to a place where, as you say, it's almost always full. The electricity crowd. And I want the young man to have a great time. Uh, and if you're headed to the game, another great initiative is that uh, the Blue Bombers are collecting school supplies for those in need uh, at the game, with it being the Truth and Reconciliation game at IG Field. Like, who doesn't have unused notebooks, pencils, pens, uh, markers, uh, crayons, all the rest? Bring what you have, bring them to the stadium uh, and, and help out uh, those in need if you got them kind of kicking around the house. Or maybe pop into, uh, uh, you know, a Staples or a Walmart or something like that on your way uh, to the game. Um, do want to mention, uh, one person texting in, uh, Chris, you know what, I'm going to go to this, this one first, uh, Winnipeg Gordo, who's among many watching us live here uh, on YouTube. What's going on, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on game day, Winnipeg, as always, Get down below, thumbs up, give a like and a subscribe. If you haven't yet, uh, yeah. the CFL trade deadline, Chris is less than a week away. October 5th is it's Wednesday. So that's like a week, less than a week from today. So what are the odds Kyle Walters is going to make a trade in the next week? Need some defensive line help, says Winnipeg Gordo. I would add some defensive back help, depending on the timelines for, say, a Nick Taylor. Um, 
Now, but the only thing you can get is you is, have to is go. It when, when a team like Winnipeg is Sorry, go ahead. You're not going to get them from a playoff con- a contender. Uh, anybody's got an opportunity to go into playoffs, they're not going to start, start trading people. Uh, practice rosters where you're going to see a lot of guys come. I know the Bomber signed a defensive lineman just the other day. Uh, a lot of guys that are just getting released by the NFL, not finding a home there, so there's, you know, they want to play football, so they're coming up to Canada. But um, the only thing I can see is, that, like, if there's a guy in Ottawa or there's a guy on a Edmonton. or Edmonton that you think might be able to help you, but what are you going to give up in exchange? It's never a freebie, right? you got to give something up. And I know a lot of times it's just a draft pick. Um, and I know you're trying to play for the win. You're not playing for next year. You're playing for this year. Winnipeg has to be careful with those yeah. first round picks. Yeah, but I don't know. Because they need to rebuild. They need to rebuild some critical areas. You tell me. I don't know if there's anybody. Are you talking about DBs and defensive backs, or, or excuse me, defense backs and defensive uh, linemen? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we need another guy. I mean, is Jackson out for a while? Maybe this Deshaun Cooper will get an opportunity to play. Um, you know, see what he does. He didn't get many reps, so let's see what he does. This this is an opportunity for Cedric Wilcox to uh, maybe, you know, put his stamp on a position. I mean, is Jackson out again? This is the same injury he had before, I believe, because he was dealing with a hit earlier in the year. So I'm wondering if it's just a reoccurring thing with him. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, or, or if hip if hip is just, you know, like, oh, let's just call it a hip. Yeah, yeah, it could be. You never know. I mean, they don't really tell you much. Secret Sam. Secret Sam over there. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I you got to make sure that you bring somebody in that's going to fit the culture, too. That's a huge thing as well. You're not going to just sign a guy because it's like going out and signing, you know, that DB that's uh, he used to be a receiver for Saskatchewan. He plays defensive back for Edmonton. Uh, dad was in the NFL. Oh, come on. Who? Oh, I can't believe it. You know what I'm oh, talking Jerome about. Jerome Carter. Jerome Carter. I'm personally, no. I don't know if he'd be a good locker room match for our team. See, guys, that, you look at our team right now, the Bombers, everybody's just like this. They're all plateaued. You don't really see it, one guy just being better. I mean, obviously, Zach is, you know, the guy. But you don't see him mouthing or, or you know, doing shows or, you know, talking about himself or doing anything about what he does. It's all about everybody else, about team. You know, the old adage, there's no I in team, but there's only one I in win. And that's a beautiful thing. So, Well, there's only one I in FIFO. Right, fit there in. Go. There you go. Yeah, look at you. Forget yeah, you. Right. And I love that line. And that's that probably epitomizes exactly what I'm saying, to a point. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's my that's my opinion on that. I mean, you got to bring somebody. I, I just wonder how cha- how challenging it will be for Kyle Walters to acquire talent from a team that is still in the hunt. Right now, you only have Ottawa. Yeah. And really, Edmonton's not even eliminated yet. No, they're not. They have a possibility of a trade partner. Who are you going to get at this point? Like, you can't wait a week or two and, and wait for um, – you can wait six days, but you can't wait more than that and, and see how playoff positioning shakes out. See if, you know, Hamilton gets eliminated or if uh, Saskatchewan gets eliminated or that sort of thing. You can't wait. The East is yeah. wide open. I don't think yeah. anybody wants to to subtract from there. They want to add. I think that's a challenge, an inherent challenge of a nine-team league and the trade deadline being in October. Um, I don't know if you can push it much later than it is, but um, you know, some some food for thought there. But Winnipeg could probably use some help. They have expanded their practice roster. Right. And what I 
found interesting, Chris, is as they expand their practice roster, lots of offensive linemen being added. Yes. What does that tell you? Well, it tells me that you're always playing for the future, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, Stanley's about 35, but I don't care about that because I played till I was 40. Uh, Jamarcus is young still. Yeah, but you're a freak. You're a freak human being. No, I wasn't freaky. I'll tell you what. I just, I think that at that time, it was just, you know, that was the way it was back then. I mean, Wait a I second. I, I said a freak, and you're saying freaky. I know you're freaky. Well, freaky. Man, you're an idiot. I didn't know how to come back on that one, but I'm just going to let it go. But I'll say this. Yeah, they're bringing your play for the future, these guys. I mean, I, they've done a great job. Listen, the scouts down there, Danny McManus and all those guys. Uh, they're bringing guys up that, are, that I know are going to be hopefully contributors down the road. And, you know, like, uh, a lot of these guys that come from the practice roster, they don't, they may not even get an opportunity to see the field. It's more, more like a developmental thing. Go give a thumbs up below the video, brother. Hey. That's true. Hey, sometimes I wonder if you read the screen. I really wonder because you always got oh, your I head on your notes. I just, I look, oh, I've got notes everywhere on my page. I, 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 I you know, basically that's one thing about the podcast is, it's not we don't just come on this and just talk about football. I do. We 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 watch every other game. I watch every game. I go through the highlights. I see what they're doing. I like to hear the coaches talk. Is you know a lot of coaches will give you some good information. Uh, you know O'Shea is not like that. He's not one to tell you anything. He'll say yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see game day decision we'll see we'll see. But um, on somebody I just see this comment Will uh, Gordo Winnipeg Gordo Jefferson stands out on this team though he beats to his own drum yeah he does. That's true, but he's also a great team player. Uh, you know, he does so much in the community. He's always around there helping people. So that's yeah. different. It's it, he's not about himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's got his own. He, you know, he plays to himself. I'm still, you know, I'll be honest with you. Jefferson Willie Jefferson is one of those guys that is a big fish in a smaller pond. I still don't know why he didn't go to the NFL. I think he could play the NFL. He's that talented, but I mean, he might be a linebacker down there. You know what I mean? Outside uh, linebacker, yeah. Could yeah. be, but you never know. But, yeah, um, I don't know. And, and Daryl Brandle said the same thing. Look, at if Wilcox has three sacks, we don't have we don't have this conversation. You're 100% right. Sure. Um, and and, that, and that could happen. When you, when you have someone like Willie Jefferson drawing a lot of attention, right. drawing that chip block, it could give Cedric Wilcox more opportunities one-on-one -on -one to, to make some moves. It's not like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders or another team have a bunch of film on Cedric Wilcox of his tendencies and his pass rush moves. Um, you know, That's, you know, uh, Daryl Brandle, you're, uh, you're on top of it, brother. What about Ganey? That, that's not a bad pick either. Ed Ganey, uh, he's in Edmonton right now. If Edmonton gets washed out, right. I uh, had a great career in Saskatchewan, left Saskatchewan. They kind of gave up on him in Saskatchewan, which was surprising. And then he signs in Edmonton with Chris Jones. Uh, but yeah, well, Chris still, Jones wanted Ed Ganey there to bring a little bit of veteran leadership, yeah. right? Well, he is guy he's familiar with in his first stint, uh, Chris Jones, that is, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We've talked about Ed Ganey before, and, and shout out Daryl, who's been uh, texting the yeah, doing good stuff, man. Hey. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I don't know if Edmonton would want to move. The price is right, sure. Chris Jones is trying to make his team better. But That's Ed right. Ganey, I think, is more, as valuable off the field and in the locker room as he is on the field right now. Well, he's a couple of years removed from having nine or ten interceptions for Saskatchewan. Uh, you know, so, I mean, he was a CFL All-Star a couple of years ago. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, can he play? And that's a great point. But you never know who becomes available. But your point is it's just as valid. You don't trade away the future building blocks. And that's what Chris Jones is trying to build. 
He says, I took over a team that was horrible. They started horrible. They won last week. I think they, they signed, uh, it was interesting, they signed their quarterback. Uh, and now him and Jake Mayer, maybe the first two guys, and I don't know what other contracts, that are partially guaranteed now, which is something new the CFL never had. Uh, so it's it's starting to, and that's a smart move by the CFL because you're trying to keep players here. And you don't want to lose them to the USFL or the XFL or any other league that comes across. So to me, or even another team. Yeah, to me it's smart. It's just smart, man. And and you know, if I got a guaranteed contract, I don't know what partial, you know, what partial means. Is it half? Is it twenty five percent? Whatever. Probably twenty five percent. Another team is going to say we have to take his contract on. So that's another interesting thing. You know, we we can renegotiate, but part of this guaranteed has to stay. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things going in that uh, intangible. So it's interesting about that. I like it. I'm personally a fan of that. I hate when players sign a contract, they get hurt, and and then they're done. They got no nothing. You're not taken care of. You're just basically out. You know, basically banging on doors, selling uh, selling vacuum cleaners. So. Uh, here's a question from uh, Andre Harms, who's watching on YouTube. As good as Dalton Schoen is, how seriously can we think he is NFL bound next year? Consider Kenny Lawler's great year last season, yet he didn't make it in the NFL. And also Dalton Schoen had tryouts before coming here and did not make it in the NFL. That is true. Kenny Lawler did spend uh, a good chunk of time in the U.S., uh, you know, uh, jumping around from practice roster to practice roster, training camp invites and the like before coming to Canada. And he had a much longer path practice roster. Uh, and then I think he was like a late season practice roster addition in Winnipeg yeah. and was on the practice roster for the majority of uh, 2019 and then played a little bit towards the end. And then in 2021 had his big breakout year as an everyday starter. Wow. Dalton shown couple times in the NFL. Like I think he was in Kansas city for a little bit, but a walk on in college yeah. underrated his whole career and then comes to Canada and immediately produces. Doesn't have to wait on the practice roster. Doesn't wait two, three years. He is young. He is impactful. And I think NFL GMs, any GM would say this guy's ceiling is so much higher because yeah. of what he has shown us in a short period of time. Well, I think it's other thing too. I think it's, you got him on film now. When he, when uh, when Sean went down to the NFL, he uh, he had a cup of coffee. He was a pra- he went and practiced. You know, he, he ran the, the scout team. Maybe he got a few reps in, but he didn't see him in game time. No. So now you got a, a you know you got a whole season here where he's probably going to win. He's a front runner. I think we can all agree that probably the front runner for the uh, CFL rookie. Now you got so much tape on this guy, and this is how he reacts in certain situations. Look how he reads defenses. Look how he finds the hole and. In a zone coverage, a lot of coaches down there are going to go. You know what? Maybe we've overlooked this guy. Let's give him a chance again. I just think there's going to be so much interest, uh, whether he makes it or not. Listen, you know, coaches are weird down there. Coaches are weird. They all have their certain players they like and certain players they don't want to like. I mean, we used to have American coaches up here who hate Canadians. They just think Canadians can't play football. Uh, and seriously, they, you know, unless you were American, you were you were garbage. And uh, it's so nice to see the Canadian coaches come out or guys that have Canadian pedigrees who understand this game and understand the value of good Canadian players because we do have a lot of them. Look how many. I think there's 32 in the NFL right now. So, yeah. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. But anyway, that that to go back to this point, Dalton will definitely get a look. Will he make it? I don't know. 
again, that's, you know, those are ifs and buts. What if he gets hurt? What if, you know, something bangs up or, you know, I mean, God forbid. Just enjoy him now. Yep. Well, and, and you know, ho- hopefully he can uh, come away with a little bit of uh, jewelry before he goes down to the NFL, something you can't replace with a half a million dollars American per year contract. Um, I, I do want to go back, Chris, to the conversation about Jake Mayer and Taylor Cornelius, both signing contracts. Yeah. I want your opinion on how you see Bo Levi's Mitchell, Bo Levi Mitchell's remaining time in pro football going. Does he remain a Calgary Stampeder as a number two at clearly a reduced salary next season? Does he explore free agency? Is there a chance? I don't think there is, but is there a chance that he could get traded this year? Yeah, I, I, I would say no to the last question. I don't think you trade him because what, you know, God forbid something happens to Jake Mayer and you're in the playoffs, you got to keep your one and two. And he was a, listen, he's a two time MVP. He's won the Grey Cup. He's got, he's taken his team there. Yeah, so there, to me, there's no way. And actually, I thought there was a comment that uh, said, we will discuss it at the end of the year. Right. So that, to me, speaks volumes that they're going to keep him. Um, next year, different story. He's making like 500 grand. Uh, you, they can't. Well, he took, he, took a, he took a cut. I think he's around 420. Well, that's still a lot of money between it's the two of them. Um, yeah. And he's a guy that he's got a lot of pride. Yeah. You know, he wants to be the starter. And will there be opportunities? Absolutely. I mean, you, there's not a, there's a whole bunch of teams would line up to sign that guy. But, you know, I think he's been there. How many years has he been there? Nine years or eight years? Uh, you know, he's, he's basically, yeah. he's got, he's the, he's the winningest, you know, quarterback in Calgary history. Sometimes people think, yeah, let's go, I'll go get some money. I'll be a starter. But then you end up on another team and maybe it just turns out to be the worst decision you ever made and you're not having the success. And now you say, oh, boy, I just wish I would have stayed with that winning club because Calgary's always had that uh, pedigree of winning and an opportunity to go to the Grey Cup. So to me, I don't know, as a personal thing, yeah, you might have to eat a bit of money to stay. It'll, it'll come down to this. Does he want to stay or does his pride say, no, I want to go play and I want to be that starting guy? We talked about it on uh, Bonfire Midweek, myself and Zach Schnitzer, last night. And uh, if you missed that, go uh, check it out. Put it in your uh, watch later uh, list or, um, you know, uh, load up the podcast as well. But uh, I looked at maybe two destinations, possibly even three for Bo Levi Mitchell. A lot of people talking about Saskatchewan. I think that's the salacious place he could land with, you know, obviously the uh you know the tensions and the rivalry between Bo Levi and the Stamps and Ryder Nation through the years um I think um uh, I think Montreal could be a place Bo Levi could go I think they're much more built to win now as far as you know like compared to, to some other teams that that he could end up on I don't see him in Edmonton I think they're you know they have a longer path ahead of them to become a relevant yeah. competitive team but Montreal, like they started the season with Vernon Adams. They signed Trevor Harris as a bit of a contingency plan. I understand he's played well and that he has kind of been tossed aside many times in his career, but I don't think that's without reason. I think Bo Levi Mitchell could go to Montreal and put that team atop the division. Some people have even said Toronto. I can't see them 
bringing in Bo uh, to, to, to bump off uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Who is leading the league in passing right now, I might add. Again, yeah. Uh, but uh, There's one guy that when we started talking about this whole story, I thought about that Calgary and Saskatchewan going back and forth and having a player go from one team to the other. And the first name that popped into my head was Henry Burris. Henry Burris played for Saskatchewan. He was a beloved player there. And all of a sudden, he's in Calgary. I mean, yeah. So I mean, that's it happens. It can happen. That's what I'm saying. But I can't. I don't see it happening. I mean, I know there's a lot of negativity going, uh, you know, surrounding Cody Fajardo. I, I don't get it. I mean, he's not playing terrible. Uh, I've seen other guys play way worse than him. And, uh, and when he just, ain't getting help, we know how bad that O line is. Well, eight sacks. Has been. He saw more clouds. I actually phoned him after the after the game. I said, "Did you see any of those?" Uh, Cumulus clouds? He said, I saw a whole bunch. I said, how about the other raincoat? Oh, I saw a whole bunch. Because he was looking on his back, looking at the clouds all, all game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was, you, got the hill. you got that. You got that analogy, did you? Good. It's about time you caught up to my stories. So anyway, I um, I just think that uh, Cody is uh, still, when I when he, watch him throw the football and his legs are healthy right now, um, you know what? He, he, he still get it done. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still on his bandwagon right now. That's why. If he wasn't playing, if it was Mason Fine tomorrow, um, no, Bombers are going to walk all over him. Uh, but I think I, I'm a little bit in the middle on Cody Fajardo. There are good things he has shown. He is a good dual threat quarterback. He has yeah. been banged up in his knee. I think that has absolutely affected his ability to throw the ball downfield. Short yardage, he's still quite effective, short and medium range. But he has had an excellent run game, whether it was Frankie Hickson. Uh, or or before that, why is the name escaping me? Jeez, Jamal I'm off my game. Jamal Morrow. Um, yeah, Jamal Morrow. Both outstanding tailbacks and, and, and explosive players that have had great success this season. He has great receiving in, in uh, you know, Swerve, in, in Kieran Moore, uh, in Duke Williams, in Shaq Evans. And I understand Shaq missed a lot of uh, the season, but Keenan Schaefer-Baker Schaefer is a heck of a good football pr- player. Uh, Brennan Lenius uh, is a really, really good football player. Um, they, they've got a lot of talent around him. So I think you take the good with the bad and maybe don't hang everything on the quarterback. Saskatchewan is a tough place to play. They're always going to look at the quarterback first as the reason why they're losing. But Saskatchewan was geared up this year, Chris, to compete and to drive for a Grey Cup on home turf. Anytime a team hosts a Grey Cup, they're trying to win that season. The defense is stout, top to bottom, talent, scheme, coaching. The offense has not worked. And in my opinion, the reason it hasn't worked on offense is poor offensive line protection. I think that's the obvious. Number one. Mine is that Cody Fajardo cannot throw the deep ball effectively right now. Jason Moss has always built a vertical style offense. He wants guys getting downfield, and then the stuff at that linebacker level starts to open up. That's not the game Cody Fajardo is playing at all. He's still got 22 passes over 30-plus yards. He's in the middle of a pack of all starting quarterbacks. Yeah, because he just hucks it up to Duke. Well, well, Duke, I mean, Keon Schaefer Baker has four touchdowns, four catches over 30. Uh, Shaq, uh, Shaq uh, Evans has four over 30. Those guys uh, should have 10. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true, but I think the O line, if you don't got time to throw that deep ball, exactly. Zach, I mean, yeah. come on, man. I don't care if you're Zach or you're, or you're Cody. 
uh, the, the they've had this is a like I say they've had a different offensive line combination every game, and it's so hard. You make mistakes. You think you got this guy. You forget this guy. Guy comes through the gap. You thought you were sliding. All of a sudden, boom! Your quarterback's on his back, uh, and quarterbacks just can't take that many hits. Okay, Chris. Let, let's get into your keys to the game as uh, we wrap up. Uh, towards the, uh, the the first and final hour of game day, Winnipeg. What's it going to take Winnipeg uh, to improve to 13-2 and two on the season? They've got the stadium on their side. No question, home field will be an advantage. But what do they need to accomplish between the lines? For me, this game is going to come down to pressure. I think that you have to take away the running game of Keelan France, whoever runs it, Mary Alfred, whoever... They said they might even have Keon Schaefer Baker run the ball a little bit. Whoever's running the ball, stuff to run, make Cody beat you through the air, and then pin your ears back and come after him. They need to get pressure. Do not leave your secondary, you know, basically naked. Uh, you got to force them so they can get turnovers. I mean, we saw what happened. They didn't get any pressure on Dane Evans and Hamilton. So for me, the big thing is pressure by the defense. Offensively for our team is mix it up. Don't give up on certain things. Good first down production because when they're in second and short, they're a very productive team. Uh, they're they're number one in the CFL for second down conversion. Uh, they're fifty seven percent, which is crazy. Um, you want to put yourself in a great situation where you can utilize your entire playbook. Uh, special teams, hey, I got nothing about special teams. I think Mark Leggio is doing well. You think he's six for six his last six kicks, fifty five yarder now. He's eighty seven percent. Don't miss those extra points, though, buddy. That's the only thing that drives me crazy. But other than that. <laughs> I, I listen. The Bombers should win. They absolutely should win tomorrow. I, Eight I, I, point favorites. Eight points is a lot to put on the line. Uh, if you are on sia.com/slash/bonfire, I'm more like the over/under. You can see those numbers uh, yeah, below right there. Uh, I think uh, the Bombers game is it just said uh, 48 and a half uh, is the number. But head over to sia.com slash bonfire. Sign up through that link and you help support Bonfire Sports directly. Uh, the only thing I will add to your keys to the game, you bring it all, but I just try to sprinkle in one at the end. Uh, is Winnipeg's Cody offensive Cody line. That's language. language. Cody yeah, well, Mine aren't quite Jesus sprinkles, but they do involve DeMarcus Christmas. Oh, there you go. Uh, when you're going up against Pete Robertson, AC Leonard, they're rotating in Charleston Hughes, DeMarcus Christmas. Um, that is a, a, you know, and, and then they're backed up by a linebacking core with, with Larry Dean and, and Darnell Sankey and Derek Moncrief. That's a very, very talented group, a very physical group. Winnipeg's offensive line needs to go smack Saskatchewan in the mouth and not let up. Get Brady Oliveira going. That will take a lot of pressure off of a receiving core that is a little bit banged up right now. Could we see a uh, you know a running gun style game with a lot of points? Absolutely. That's kind of why I like the over uh, on sia.com/bonfire. Uh, okay, Chris, you, you got a hair appointment. I was talking about this. Yeah, I got to trim that up too, buddy. Uh, but it's getting close to uh, Christmas time. Uh, the weather started to change. Mind you, we do have a beautiful week. Weekend this weekend. It's beautiful. Beautiful night for the game tomorrow. Yeah. Beautiful night for the weekend. Or beautiful days for the weekend or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Have a nice weekend. And uh Bombers will be what? 13 and 2. Not bad way to go. And they got Edmonton. I'm curious how Edmonton does this week too. I'll be watching that game as well. But let's Don't take care of that. Let's take care of those green goblins first. 
Absolutely. It's going to be absolutely uh, lit up at IG Field on Friday. Good. Bring some school supplies to the yes. game to help those uh, who need it. It is uh, the Truth and Reconciliation game. They're going to be singing the national anthem in Ojibwe. So wow. wear orange, wear your blue and gold as you always do. And do want to mention the Winnipeg Rifles, Winnipeg's uh, junior football team, still ranked top 10 in the country. They lost by six points to the undefeated Regina Thunder at IG Field last weekend. They've got a huge game coming up this weekend in Edmonton against the Huskies. They're back on IG Field turf on October uh, 16th. Don't miss that. Follow them on social at Rifles Football and at RiflesFootball.com. Thanks for this, Chris. We will see hey. you next week. We got another bye? It almost oh, baby. Oh, we're going we're gonna to do it again on Friday, but we'll get That's back right. to 3 p.m., right? Is it Saturday night play next Saturday? That's right. Oh, they got another break, so they win tomorrow. They're going to get about two, three days off again. What a great schedule these guys got. I well, good it. in the second half. Yeah, it's going to be really nice for the guys coming back. I mean, but that's – yeah, you're right. But you know what? Let's enjoy the game, fans. Enjoy the game tomorrow. It's going to be a beautiful day. Uh, watch watch uh, Zach on his race for uh, MVP and uh, Dalton Schomer's continue to race for outstanding rookie and Stanley Bryant or Jamarcus Hardrick for Lyman. Who the hell knows, man? I don't know. I'm just one man, and they don't pay me enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's your motto, baby. Amen, brother. Uh, okay, we'll see you after the game. Game day after dark, uh, after Bombers, Riders at IG Field Friday night. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you next time. Have fun, guys. Say hi to Schnitzer for me. All right. Bye-bye.